All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you on a Monday morning. This is the Rebels 247 podcast on the 247 Sports Network. Of course, always inside the Rebels. How are you doing this morning? Hopefully you had a good weekend. I, I did. Had a busy weekend. The Rebels had a busy weekend. And we'll get into all that here in just a minute. How can you not have a bad day to today as we just kind of jump into this thing because it's uh it's national barbecue day how about that national barbecue day can't have a bad day on national barbecue day i might bring bring that back up a little bit later on in the podcast but big weekend for the rebels with a sweep of lsu at lsu that was big we'll dive into that the weekend did not get started as well as i thought it would with Dante Dowdell making his decision for Oregon. We will get into that. But then there was a recruiting rebound there. When Jalen Robinson made a decision for Ole Miss, that was a big one at a position of need. We'll jump into that. But I feel like we ought to do this. We ought to do the baseball first. And what happened at LSU and and where things stand with the Rebel baseball program. I tried my best to keep up with everything over the weekend. I had my own baseball going on. Um, I've mentioned this several times. You guys already know it by now. My uh, my kids play baseball at Northwest Rankin. We played baseball over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, uh, with the rain pushing things back a day and graduations are happening. You kind of have to do what you got to do. But I saw about as good a high school baseball atmosphere as you're ever going to see. A couple thousand people packed into Brandon High School to watch a game there, Northwest Ranking 1. And then my kids started the game yesterday. It ended up being a Sunday afternoon game. Not his best. They'd only given up one home run all year. He gave up three yesterday. Just one of those days. But he got it into the sixth inning, and Northwest Ranking ends up winning the game 7-6. to And they go back to Trustmark Park for a state championship game a series against, we'll see, could be, could be Oxford. For you local people in the Oxford community, DeSoto Central and Oxford are playing tonight. DeSoto's up one nothing in that series. So we could have a little bit of, we've played Oxford uh, already. I have family that played on the Oxford team. Uh, my nephew, Bear, uh, he's young. He's just a, a ninth grader, but going to be a, a really good left-handed pitcher there. So we have that going on. I'm out at the game, and I'm watching all this. I'm trying to keep up with what's happening with Ole Miss and LSU. Uh, the, the game is rained out. I say rained out. The game is postponed from Friday, and Ole Miss is looking good in that one. You wonder what's going to happen with the pitching, um, with the layover. Okay, do you do you bring in another starter? I mean, what do you do here? Do you run the same guy out there? Do you take a chance there? Look, whenever you get in that situation, all you can really do is is trust your players. And when you ask them, hey, do you feel okay? You have to be able to trust that they're going to give you the truth. Now, look, players, they're obviously going to to swing to the side of, right, we will, I want to play. And uh, that's what Divin, uh, Dylan DeLucha did. Said he woke up and the arm felt okay, right? <laughs> he didn't even need to throw. 
He had thrown something like, what was it? 30 something pitches. I think from the day before it was 30 something. So that's not out of, I mean, that's not out of the, um, what's the way to phrase this? That's not out of the realm of still being safe with a kid. I mean, you're talking 30 pitches. Yeah. You can wake up the next day and still be ready to throw. I mean, relievers do it all the time. Then you trot back out there and you see how much you, you know, gas you got left in the tank. And he had a lot. He ends up going for the game, seven innings, a total of 117 pitches over the two days, three hits, three earned runs. And then Brandon Johnson comes in, strikes out four and a couple innings of work. And Ole Miss, you know, gets the weekend started, uh, started right. Well, you know, can you, can you come back and can you play like that again? Well, yeah, they did. <laughs> they did. Hunter Elliott has been a man all year. And, uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't even know if it's a jinx, if that's even a thing. But you can look at the numbers here, and I think the stats will back me up. I I haven't pulled it up, and I I should. If you go back and look at the freshman arms that Ole Miss has brought in that have been good under uh, Mike Bianco, there's a long list. But I would bet if you look at the statistics, there haven't been many better than Hunter Elliott. A sub-three earn run average. And then if you you take the time to dive a little bit deeper into that and look at, you know, the the opponent's batting average, hits uh, per inning, you know, things like that, a little deeper into the numbers, he's been great. I mean, you're talking about more than likely a freshman All-American here. 2.84 earned on average. He's only 3-3, three and three, but a lot of that's because the team is just a struggle. 50 and two-thirds innings, 38 hits. 71 strikeouts, 20 walks. I mean, we're talking, those are big-time numbers. 211 opponents batting average against. He's had a terrific year. Ole Miss wins 11-1 to with him on the mound. All right, so now you look at things. You have a couple of guys now as starters. So you found a couple of starters that you feel like you can count on, including a leadoff ace Friday night guy, a freshman coming behind him, lefty, that's been really good. You've got a couple of starters. You have a closer in Brandon Johnson. Look, this year to me has always been about the lineup, at least about since since the struggle happened, okay, since the team started struggling. We knew pitching was going to be not what it's been. kind of is what it is. It is not bad. But now if you found a couple of guys and a closer, now it's back up to the lineup. Can the lineup swing it? like you thought they would in the preseason. Because to me, that's where there is the biggest room for growth. And legitimately, that's a top-tier SEC lineup. Can they swing it like that? And they did this weekend. If you're looking for what could potentially happen this year, that was huge to pull off a sweep. And let me pull up this real quick to see exactly what the SEC standings are. Um, I know now it's obviously things look a whole lot different than they did two weeks ago. So now you're sitting here in the SEC with a record of 13 and 14, a real shot to get back to 500 A&Ms coming to town. That's a, a team that's 17 and 10 leading the West right now. If you can somehow claw your way back to 15 and 15 to finish the year 500 in the SEC, I did not think they could get there, just to be perfectly honest. Not two weeks ago, to sweep LSU and take two or three of A&M. Now, that hasn't happened yet. 
But I'm saying if it did, you already have the win over Southern Miss midweek leading up to the LSU. And that team looks way different. Let's see what Warren Nolan is here on the baseball power rankings. I mean, the the last number I saw was well into the 40s. And now you're looking at a spot with Ole Miss, if I can grab this and pull it up, looking at the college baseball RPI. Uh, I'll find it here as we talk. But whenever you get near the postseason and they start looking at seeding and who gets in, who gets left out, all of those things. I mean, Ole Miss has clawed its way back into 38th in the country, 31-19 and 19 overall, 13-14 in the SEC. The numbers suddenly look much, much better. So you're at 38. Uh, Southern, by the way, is at 20. A&M is 19, getting ready to, to host them this weekend. So, it, look, it's there. If they can play like they did this weekend, um, wrap up the season like like you think they can, now you're in the postseason, you can do something. I've said this for three weeks. All you're trying to do is get in the postseason. Because if we're going to be fair to this team, to, to the coaches, if it's all about the postseason, once you get there, that's when people start paying close attention and if they went on a run, you'd have to give them credit. So we'll see. I don't want to get ahead of myself. And I, I know I am a little bit already. I can tell. I'm already a little ahead of things. If the lineup can do like that and you get good starting pitching, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But it's certainly worth watching. Uh, the weekend started with uh, Dante Dowdell. Look, some background there. I did crystal ball him to Ole Miss. I thought he was going to go there. Because the people that I was talking to, and um, and this wasn't him, you know, some people around there, but people I was talking to, they felt like uh, early in the process, or in the middle of it, you know, during the process, that he would have liked to to stay in Mississippi. And then you know you make calls around the network and to see what's out there, and nobody had him going anywhere else. Well, you feel good about that, and it kind of lines up with what he had told me earlier in the semester. Yeah, he'd like to stay in, in state if he can. And he really did like Ole Miss a lot. He thought that's kind of where a place he would end up being. So you put all that together. I did like Ole Miss chance. I know when he visited Oregon, he had a great visit, uh, but I still didn't, I didn't think it would be enough of a, a difference maker just because of the distance. There's a long way to Oregon and you're talking about a different world, but, uh, and look, I'm looking back through my messages after he made the decision from Oregon I missed some some stuff from some family down there with him. I wish I'd have given him a call ahead of time to see if I could get a little more info. Just I missed it. Just missed it somehow. But from from fact checking afterwards, he did love the visit to Oregon. He liked the idea of of doing something a little different. You know, getting away from home and going up there. It was a very tough decision that came down to Oregon and Ole Miss. And had a hard time with it, but felt like Oregon was was where he wanted to be. Now, we'll see what happens with him. Um, Oregon hasn't had a lot of success recently with kids from here. But it's it's still seven months from signing day. We'll see what happens there. If he sticks with it or, you know, if maybe they can, can convince him to stay closer to home. I mean, things change. We mentioned that last week with Arch Manning. Things change. You know, these kids are teenagers. They wake up one day wanting to do something else. Something happens in the family and you start thinking, hey, you know, maybe I do need to stay a little closer to home. I mean, you just, you don't know. It's a long way to signing day. Long way to signing day. Uh, but that was the bad news. And then 
you flip that around, the news with Jalen Robinson, I think it was the next day. I think that was Saturday. My days are mixing together. I know when he visited, they really thought he was coming. And that to me means he probably told them, I'm coming. Okay, that happens a lot. But then he goes to Tennessee and he had a great visit. And then you start wondering, well, did they do enough to change his mind? And then from seeing some comments he made after the fact, it was really close. He had a tough decision. But I was told, and I think one of the big factors for him, Lane Kiffin and that staff's ability to pull up Elijah Moore footage from a couple of years ago, uh, Jalen Robinson, of course, we're talking about the Central Florida transfer. Very similar player to Elijah Moore. Very similar player. Explosive, not a big guy, but a speed guy. And even more than a speed guy, a quickness guy. In and out of breaks, you know, can catch the ball, can can play in the slot, do some things. They were able to show him a player that looks very much like him having a 1,200-yard season. And that was in that SEC-only schedule, the COVID year. Uh, put up huge numbers that year. And you're able to kind of create a picture for a player where they can see themselves in your uniform. I think that was big for them. So Ole Miss gets one of – look, let's let's do the math here. They picked up if arguably the best, but one of the best running back transfers in the country. They grabbed one of the best quarterbacks uh, transfers in the country. Really good. I mean, we could do the long list. Offensive tackles, defensive linemen, linebackers. But on the offensive side of the ball specifically, now you add a wide receiver who was one of the better transfers in the country. Like they did work in the transfer portal. And this is kind of wrapping it all up. They still might add a, a couple of more. But now offensively, as long as they get quarterback play, I mean, go look at the video with Jalen Robinson. And let's say Malik Heath is still ends up there. Let's say Deion Smith, everything works out there with his grades and, and he's in a uniform. Michael Trigg at, at tight end. Now, look, there's lots of ifs here because you're talking about new players, but you're not talking about high school players. You're talking about established players who have already done it. Now, at the quarterback position, that's a little different because Jackson Dart's a young guy. He's coming in. Look, playing early as a freshman at USC is impressive, but there's still some work to be done there. But a lot of these other cats, they've, they've already had a lot of snaps on the college level. The, the question to me becomes chemistry. Do the, do the players like each other? Do they fit well together? You know, do they, can they play well together? Those become issues. But they added a ton of talent, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. But that was a big one. And after you got the bad uh, Dante Dowdell news, to come back and then to get really good news with uh, Jalen Robinson, that was big. So baseball is headed in a good direction. We'll see what happens there. I'm not trying to make too much of it, but look, it's okay to be excited about it. I know baseball. I know. I mean, I trust me. I can be a pessimist and a realist, and I don't take any of this too seriously. This should be fun for you guys. But even though you've had postseason heartache, I mean, galore, I get it, but it's still okay to get a little bit excited when there's a reason for it. And the last couple of weeks, I mean, there's at least reason for it. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, you might not get stomped on again here at the end. Yeah, it could happen, 
but there's some reason to be excited there. The softball team headed to a regional out in L.A. That's a good thing here as we wrap up the, the spring, get ready to hit the summer, and then get – look, football season's right around the corner. Um, but that's kind of where we are with everything right now. You know, I'll be busy. I mean, my kids are busy right now, but I'm enjoying that. I'm doing some stuff that, you know, old people do. I say old. I shouldn't say that. I know a lot of you make fun of me for that. But, like, my kid played his last game at Northwest Rankin over the weekend. And you hit the field and you see all the parents and, you know, you know what that's like. But, hey, I'm enjoying it. Look, my kid that just had his elbow worked on a look out there, he's at the bottom of a dog pile. That happened. I had a great weekend, though. And so did Ole Miss. Hopefully this will be a good week. Be safe out there. Have a good week. Enjoy barbecue day. How about that? Enjoy barbecue day. And uh, you have a good day. Always appreciate you guys here on the Rebels 247 podcast. I'm Chris Brooks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.